It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome in, Sports by the Book. Off with a delay of game penalty to kick our, <laughs> our way off here today. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you, Alex White. I, I actually, five, five days in a row. What's up with that? I almost came in on Thursday, my off day, but you had uh, two of <laughs> oh, the legends in. Yeah. yeah Jimmy, Thursday was a good show. You know, when Jimmy when Jimmy asks, says, hey, I, do you want me in? It's I, I can't say you can't say no. Absolutely not. There's just no no you can't do it. Got to be a, a yes all the way through. Uh, if we have uh, <laughs> if Jimmy's around and he wants to be in, he's 100 percent welcome at every point. So, uh, but hope you hope you enjoyed the last few days. Uh, it is another loaded college basketball Saturday. We only have so you know, Alex. We only have a few left of these because we are inching closer to Selection Sunday, which is March 17th, also known as St. Patrick's Day. That's right, right around uh, the corner. Yeah, Uh, hey, that will be a weekend St. Patrick's Days are very interesting in this town, to put it politely. It's also also strange because of how late the tournament begins uh, this go-around. So um, see how it all plays out over the next few weeks uh, here in the College Hoops landscape. So let's get to it. As always, let's start uh, 601-602 on your card. Indiana and Penn State. Penn State, of course, coming off of that, I don't want to say lucky, but shocking comeback against Illinois. Down double digit with with 100 seconds to go. They win the game of regulation. Now they welcome in a Hoosier team that has been a mess, to put it politely. I, I, I just don't see the rationale of keeping Mike Woodson around past the season for Indiana. The question is, is Dusty May going to be willing to go back home? Of course, he had spent time. I was there as an undergrad at IU uh, from Florida Atlantic. Didn't leave last year. Signed a big contract, a lot of money into that program. We'll see. But Penn State, a three and a half point favorite, total 151 and a half behind us. This did touch four for a point earlier today. So that seems to be the point of resistance that four that we saw earlier this morning. So I would only look at the home team here with Penn State. I haven't done anything yet. Got a little thrown off from that big win over Illinois. Could I think it could be a little bit of a letdown. But Indiana's, like you mentioned, really struggled. They're 1-4 and four straight up and ATS in their last five. So I don't trust the Hoosiers at all taking the points here. So I'd only look at Penn State, but it, not really a strong play for me. What about you? Uh, so I tied Penn State in with another 9 a.m. game that we can talk about right now. I did a money line parlay that paid about plus 175. Tied it in with College of Charleston. Okay. Uh, that is 605, 606. Charleston, uh, a Kai McKeon special on Thursday. Charleston went to Newark, Delaware, and really took it to the Blue Hens, covering and winning with relative ease. Now they go to Maryland. They go to Towson, Maryland to take on the Tigers of Towson. Uh, this is a little bit of a tricky spot because you are playing on the road against two pretty solid CAA teams back-to-back. Uh, Pat Scurry always has that team ready to go. They're always a hard matchup, regardless of who it is. Uh, Scurry's the coach of uh, Towson. If uh, you're not familiar with the smaller schools, can't really blame you, uh, in all honesty. Uh Pat Kelsey, uh, it's still kind of amazing he has not gone to a major league at this point. He's at Winthrop for all those years now at Charleston. Still uh, 
pretty early in his tenure. Charleston wins. They essentially they make it difficult to be caught in for the number one seed in the CAA tournament. They'll get two home games against Campbell, where they'll be double-digit favorites next week, and Hofstra, where they'll be a favorite in that game as well. So I just tied it in. Uh, plus 175 was the price I got. Somewhat in that ballpark, depending on what prices you get on the money lines there, Alex. I like it. It's really interesting, especially at this point in the year. You really have to look at the standings and how teams are. You also need to have an idea of what the tournament is like, whether the top four get a double buy, five through ten get one buy, right? And yes. any, even if they don't take every team, there's a couple conferences that just take the top ten. So it's very important. So I like your uh, rationale there with this team really trying to seal the deal and having that top seed. Happy you brought that up real quick. CAA format is pretty generic. Everyone makes it. 14 teams, so it would technically be a buy to the quarters for one through four for Charleston. Now, there's no team they would play in the, their quarterfinal matchup would be an 8-9 that would just play the day before. So uh, three, three games needed to win uh, as a top four seed, which, again, for that conference, we, we talked we, we talk a lot more CAA than normal uh, this week uh, just because of the way it is. Jumbled mess in that conference. This is a very important game for Towson on the flip side of this, where Towson currently is in a three-way tie with Drexel and Hofstra for those buys into the quarters. Uh, right now, Towson would be fifth, so they do not have the tiebreakers on Hofstra or Drexel, and then Delaware just one game behind, so very compact uh, for three through six in the, uh, the Coastal Athletic Conference. Gross. Still the Colonial, guys. Shouldn't have changed so much better. Uh, but I have Charleston tied in with Penn State uh, in these 9 a.m. Pacific windows. Let's go to the game of the window, though. Baylor, an 11 a.m. local tip for them in Waco, taking on Houston. We talked about this game a bunch yesterday with Vinny. Uh, Houston, to me, clearly still a number one seed. They're going to get it as long as they don't collapse down the stretch. I think those them, Purdue, and, and UConn, very safely one seeds at this point, Alex. Arizona, just a question of can someone pop up there. But if Arizona wins out, I think Arizona will get that fourth one. Baylor, they've dealt with injuries, super talented. New venue, of course, just game number seven in that new venue for Baylor. Uh, Houston, two and a half point favorites in this one. I like the home team here. I took the points with Baylor plus two and a half. Like you mentioned, I mean, Houston's one of the only teams that hasn't really been knocked out. Knocked down as of late. We've seen these um, big upsets for the other number one seeds, but they won four in a row. I just think it's a really tough place to play at Baylor. Houston's covered in just three of their 10 road games. And then Baylor, only one home loss that was a triple overtime loss. They are 16, 8, and 1 against the spread overall in all their games. Good team. I mean, 14th overall, fourth. Adjusted offensive efficiency. So I think they can hang in there even against this really good defensive minded Houston team. So I go back to what I've talked about in the Big Ten and the Big 12 this year. Home court advantage means just so much in these games. And for Houston, who again, Houston is clearly a number one seed. There, there were questions from some of, hey, how are they going to jump into the Big 12? They've answered those Absolutely. questions. Absolutely pretty resoundingly, hey, we belong here in the Big 12. Their only losses this year in conference play have been in Ames, 
We've talked about Hilton Magic and that great home court advantage. I actually have that as my second best home court in the country at this point. On the road in TCU in a game that was back and forth at the Horned Frogs one by one. Part of the reason the Horned Frogs are safely in the NCAA tournament right now is because of that win. And they got clocked by Kansas at Fog Allen. As Kansas is an underdog for just the third time at home since 1997. Now you get another road game where, again, Houston has won on the road in conference, but here are the teams they've beaten on the road. They beat Cincinnati. Good team, but bottom half right. of the league. They beat Texas in overtime. Same deal. Good team, bottom half of the league. And they won a BYU when BYU was not playing their best basketball. Baylor's in the Kansas-Iowa State TCU crowd. Not the crowd I just mentioned. Right. Even though BYU is knocking on the door if they're not already in with that crowd. I think this is a good spot for Baylor. And especially earlier this week where you and I both were on Baylor against BYU earlier in the week. Baylor got out to an 8-0 lead. And then BYU really handled them after that bad start for the Cougars in Provo. Four days off. A lot of rest. Huge game at home. I think this is a good spot for Baylor to pull a, a slight upset here. So you're We're going money line here. That's what I did. That's what I did. Yes. I, I just took it outright instead of the points in this one. All right. Syracuse and Notre Dame real quick, Alex. Syracuse playing a lot better. Syracuse has almost worked their way all the way on the bubble here, which is kind of amazing. Cuse is seven at home. You want to lay it with the Cuse again. Notre Dame uh, did Beat up Louisville earlier in the week, but it's Louisville who's terrible. So I didn't, I didn't come with anything here. I'm just curious since this game is at the 9 a, 9 a.m. local time here in, on the West Coast. I actually lean to Notre Dame here and taking those points. Um, Look at you. But nothing – I didn't do anything. I just don't feel comfortable laying the seven with Syracuse. They are starting to play much better, as you said, especially in conference. But Notre Dame 7-4, and four, ATS on the road. So – He's really a slight edge there, but yeah. Notre Dame has won the three in a row. Right. They've won three in a row. Uh, outright. They won, beat Vatech. They beat Georgia Tech in that really slow game. And then again, it'll be Louisville by 22 earlier in the week. God, Louisville. Jeez. Not, not good. Not good for uh, Kenny Payne and co there uh, in, the, uh, in the Louisville. All right. Here's one where I saw this on your list yesterday and I, uh, I got on you a little bit, but <laughs> more in jest more than anything. The Missouri Tigers, only one of two teams in the Power Five plus Big East that are winless in conference still. Them and DePaul, bad company if you're Mizzou. <laughs> they go to Arkansas here. Uh, look, Arkansas has been a, a, a mess, to put it politely. Loads of talent, underachieving in a big way this year. They've already beaten Missouri in Columbia. Now they get the, the return trip for Mizzou to Fayetteville, Bud Walton Arena. Alex, from four and a half to five and a half on the Hogs here. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, I was looking at um, Arkansas minus four and a half here at home. And I kind of told you this off air, but, I mean, this is a must-have for this team, especially with how Missouri has been playing. And looking at, at their standings, Jeff, I mean, Arkansas, with their schedule coming up, they do have a chance to jump LSU and Georgia, get a better seed there because they are playing LSU Coming up, so they need this win over Missouri. Then they have Vandy up next. Clearly, they're not. They're going to be underdogs against Kentucky and Alabama. But those are three games that they could have. They are four and nine right now in the conference. Uh, two games back 
from LSU, one game back from Georgia. So I just think it's a really important game for them. I think they are the better team. Um, we'll see if uh, Musselman can get his guys playing right today. Bottom four in the SEC have to play on day one in Nashville. So Mizzou's going to be there and Vanderbilt's going to be there. It's just going to be a matter of what are the last two that are there. You did mention Arkansas right now currently sitting in 12th. You do have that heads-up matchup with LSU uh, would get them a, a, a season tiebreak over the Bayou Bengals if they were to win that game by enough points. Uh, they already lost LSU by 21 in Baton Rouge earlier in the year. Uh, again, this has been a waste of Arkansas's talent this year. We've talked about them a lot. Yes. Uh, right now, one of the biggest underachievers, if not the biggest underachiever in the country so far this year. All right. Well, you mentioned Vanderbilt. I guess we might as well bring them up. Florida's 15 in this game. Now, the question I'm going to ask you, because the, with these SEC teams this year, where Alabama, Tennessee, Florida, Kentucky, obviously, they're playing fast. Even though Tennessee's really good on defense, they're playing fast this year, and those games are going over more so than not. Auburn, same sort of deal, tempo-wise. Is this one of those, even though Vandy likes to slow you down and has problems scoring the ball? Is this one of those where you just take a pace over here with Florida and you get, if you get Florida into the high 80s and the or the 90s here, you're going to get there as long as you just get an average offensive outing from Vanderbilt? Kind of one of those where I'm on the cusp of saying, all right, let's probably just take the over. Hope Florida does their part and you just need enough from Vandy. I don't hate it at all, especially with that reasoning and how fast Florida does play. We, we know the tempo, 70.8 possessions per game. That's 38th in the country. But then also possession time average is 15.9. So they're very quick up and down the court. Um, it's gone down a little bit. I saw 153 overnight yesterday. Yep. So now I think that is a good good spot that you can jump on the over. I wouldn't go under 150 here. I also think that this 15 is the right um line move for the side i think it opened about 17 i wouldn't take the 15 with vandy but i can understand like the 16 and 17 right here i think that is the perfect number so nothing major for me but i agree with you jeff if anything i would go over that 150 yeah this is again i think part of the reason it didn't make my list was because of the 153 now that we're at even 150 again it's a lot of points and you're dealing with an offense that is awful in vanderbilt but again when you play that you get a team playing that pace Hopefully it just, when it, if it turns into a blowout, it's running gun as opposed to just slow it the heck down and just get out of here Right uh, at the end of the day. All right. Somehow, you and I both ended up with, a, with, a, with different angles on William and & Mary and Stony Brook. How? I don't know. Now, I will say this on my end. The market has agreed with me on this. I liked it at under 140 and a half last night. It's down to 139. So the market and I, I, I were in agreement on that. At 139, I think you're you're on the teetering point. I probably wouldn't do it, in all honesty, at this point, going under that 139. You have a side, though, in this game, Alex. I do, and the market is going opposite direction as me. I oh, liked they're, they're it agreeing at, with us this morning. Uh, yes. I liked that at 9. I like the favorite here, Stony Brook, at minus 8.5. I just think William & Mary has nothing to play for. They are 13th. Of 14 in the conference right now. Stony Brook covered in 44% of their conference games. They are 10-4-1. and one. So home home court advantage. I think they get it done here. It's an important game for them. 
Wayne Weiss. There are uh, eight in the market if you want to get a better number on the Seawolves here at home. Again, William & Mary, still one of the few teams in the country to never make an NCAA tournament. Uh, it is. It would take a lot for that to happen <laughs> this year. It would take a, a minor miracle in Washington, D.C. to get the Tribe there. Uh, another disappointing year. They, they're... They, they, I forget, they were two, I think it was three years ago, 2021. That no, wasn't 2021. It was the pandemic year, 2020. That was the year for them to do it. And then they naturally got upset in round one. So them and who else? That had never made the NCAA tournament? Yes. Oh, Northwestern was the one forever until they made it uh, right before the pandemic. I have to look that up. Okay. I don't have it on But yet. you know them but for But I sure. do know William and Mary's never made an NCAA tournament for the teams that have not recently progressed up. Because uh, William and Mary's been D1 for at least 20 years now, uh, 20 plus at this point. Um, another one, big matchup, big rivalry in the SoCon here. Wofford heads to Furman. Now, you're like, all right, how are we getting on these random matchups here today? <laughs> uh, why? This is not the same Wofford team that was in the NCAA tournament a few years ago and was actually favored against Seton Hall. In a first round of the NCAA tournament, they won that game and then played Kentucky really tough. Uh, team with Tyler, Tyler Hero and company that ended up making an Elite Eight. Uh, not the same team uh, anymore. My, uh, Young, of course, now is the coach of Virginia Tech uh, when he was coaching that Wofford team. Alex, amazingly enough, we both have the same side here in this game. Uh, I even liked it at a worse number. It's a better number now. Wofford's an eight-point dog in this game. Furman earlier in the week took Samford, who is the best team in the SoCon, legitimately to the final seconds. Samford got a stop, went coast to coast, won that game by two. Easy cover for the Dins in that game. I'll take eight very happily with the Terriers. I don't think this is the greatest of spots for Furman coming off of that gut punch loss against the best team in the conference. I completely agree. A lot has to do with the spot and a lot has to do with the number. I just think that that's you're getting way too many points with a team that's already beat Furman this year. Mm -hmm. I know they have revenge, but I mean, they beat them 77-67. So we know that Wofford can hang in there. They also have a chance to catch Furman for the top four seed, which is important as we keep talking about. So good spot here. I gladly take the eight and a half points. Wofford right now, eight and seven in conference play. I would actually argue they're in a better spot right now as the six, as opposed to being going, getting all the way up to a four or five. Because you would avoid Samford until the final. That's true. And I think Samford at this point is pretty clearly the top team in that league. And it would be, again, look, we know conference tournament upsets happen all the time. But this is Samford's auto bid to lose uh, there in um, where they play that? Asheville, I'm pretty sure, is where they play that uh, conference tournament uh, in the SoCon. All right. Keep it rolling. Sports by the Book is the show. Let's keep it rolling to the 11 a.m. window here. Out on the West Coast. Oh, we've already been in it, actually. We'll keep it in there. Nothing for either of us on Boston College and NC State. Power 5 game. Just bring it up real quick. NC State 5. Total 149.5. Nothing popped out for either of us in that. But we do go to a game that we, we actually had a bunch of discussion before the show here. Iowa State hosting West Virginia. This is a big mismatch. <laughs> West Virginia is 17.5 point dogs. That just moved, by the way. It was 18 when the show started behind. 17 and a half on the clones. The interesting thing here in this game is the total's been bopped up, which I can't quite understand. I know West Virginia's defense is bad, but I, how is West Virginia going to score? 
And West Virginia has been bad on the road in conference play. Now, with that said, if you're going to give me 18 points in a Big 12 conference game, it's hard to pass. And that might just be one of those, all right, Iowa State, go beat them by 25, and if you do, so be it. I'm curious. It's curious on this total move. It doesn't make much sense to me going up with the way, especially how Iowa State's going to want to play this game, where it really will be beating you by strangulation more so than anything. I completely agree, Jeff. I like the under. I like the under at 144 and a half. I would gladly go under that 145 here. Iowa State has held teams to an average of 56 and a half points at home. West Virginia averaging just 63 points on the road. So if you like that over, it's a matter of how many points West Virginia can score, which we've talked about. But Iowa State coming off a loss at Houston. You know they are going to be ready to play, and what they do best is play defense. And then on the flip side, like you said, West Virginia not very good offensively. Their defense is actually a lot stronger. So I like the under here. Not Don't really understand that move. Um, I don't mind, though, if if you got that 18 or higher points. I mean, even 17 and a half, like you mentioned. A lot of points. A lot of points here in this one, especially Iowa State isn't really blowing out teams, right? I mean— they win comfortably, but I think that's a, a ton of points here. I'm a big fan of one major book out there right now is 17 minus a quarter on Iowa State. Why would you do that? <laughs> Why would you do that? It's hard enough to win winning on 11 to 10. You really want to lay, lay 12, 12.50 at 17? Yeah, good luck no. if you're doing that in the long run. Uh, BYU and, and K-State, two uh, discussion point teams usually in this studio. Uh, K-State last weekend played that wild game with TCU that TCU ended up winning on the wild shot by Jameer Jr. Now BYU comes calling. This is a brutal back-to-back for a team that hasn't had to do this yet. Where BYU, again, right now, currently sixth in the Big 12. Not good for me at the moment. I need them to slide a spot. Uh, They go to the Octagon of Doom. Kansas State, I really don't think, is any good. But it's a major home court advantage. And this is a, a stretch for BYU where they get Kansas on Tuesday at the Fog. So they're doing the, the, the Sunflower double here, these next two games. I think this is the same sort of thing with what I did with TCU going there last week. Kansas State better than them? No. But that home court advantage just means so much. And I think this is a pretty weird spot for BYU. Yes, it's the first of the two back-to-back in, in Kansas. But... If it was reversed, it'd be an auto bet on Kansas State. Like if K- they were BYU right. playing Kansas today and then we're playing K State on Tuesday, I would be betting K State on Tuesday. A little more hesitation, but I still like the Wildcats. We'll take it. We'll, if you can find it even money, take it even money. If not, I'll just take the point instead of for the extra five cents to just have the out of a one point loss. Everything you're saying is correct. I should be on. The side of Kansas State. I just don't trust him that much. Hence why I was on the opposite side of you last week with TCU. But I do think this is a good spot. I think everything you're saying makes sense. I just don't trust Kansas State. Although, another point is when they did go to Provo, they kept it very close, 72-66. Now they're on their home court. I, I think this is a great spot for them. I think they can get it done. I'm just not betting it today. Go to a game that has a whole bunch of steam, at least this morning, even though it seems to have slowed down. There's some three in the market right now on Duke and Wake Forest. Wake Forest favored. Yes, Wake Forest favored here in this game against Duke. Now, we talked about it yesterday. The analytics for Wake Forest are much better than what some of the bracketologists out there, including Lundardi, think. Right now, entering the weekend, Wake Forest is team number 69. 
That would be the last. That'd be the the last team missing. If they win, I think they're safely in. I think their analytic profile is pretty good. As long as they don't dump one of those games to either Notre Dame or Georgia Tech the last few games, if they win today as a short favorite, I think they're good. I don't think they're winning. <laughs> I like Duke. Now, we saw this matchup not too long ago, 12 days ago in Cameron Indoor. Duke kind of messed around in that game, won that game by eight. Uh, there was some questionable officiating, to put it politely, <laughs> on the side of uh, 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 that favorite Duke, which not shocking at Cameron Indoor at all, Alex. But I just think Duke's a lot better than this team. I, I'm just a little surprised that the market has been so aggressive. I know, understand the desperation factor. I understand that the market may not like Duke as much as the analytic profile. I just think the Blue Devils are better here. We're going to take Duke. I'm I'm with you. I completely agree with everything you said. I think it's a little overreaction for Wake. Even though they have been very good, they're 14-0 uh, and 0 straight up at home, so I'm assuming that that number right there has a lot of people betting them, but 11-3 and 3 ATS. On the flip side, Duke is playing their best basketball, 5-0 and 0 straight up and ATS in their last five. Like you mentioned, just saw these two, won that one by eight, I think. The um, Wake Forest is outmatched here with Duke. So I'm on money line here too with, with Duke. Moving along. Moving along here. Arizona, earlier in the week, swept by Wazoo as a double-digit favorite of both games in that series this year. Now they play Washington, who is really not any good. Alex, here's the question on this. 16 and a half. You're even 17 in the market here. This is like the most blatant bounce back spot you're ever going to see. A team with, a t I would, again, I've said it multiple times. I think Arizona is the most talented team in the country. I just don't trust their coach. And Caleb Love is not the guy I want with the ball at the end of the game, even though he ends up with the ball at the end of the game every time for Arizona in close <laughs> games. But we're dealing with a pretty significant mismatch here. I don't know if I can get there laying 16 and a half. That is a ton. And even if you're looking just first half here, if my screen wants to update, you're really interested in laying nine and a half in the first half, Alex? Ooh. That might be the, a better angle here. I agree. That would, that would definitely be the better angle if you're looking at the side. But I think that number's gotten a little out of hand at 16 and a half with Arizona. Um, I like the over, though. Both these teams play really fast, not just tempo but possession time so I think we can get a lot of points in this game and if you're looking for the side of Arizona bounce back spot I mean you can obviously put up a ton of points on their own so I like I took over 166 and a half I still like it at 167 probably not a bad way to play that either uh, Arizona we know plays really fast same with Washington yes. two top 30 tempo teams this game's going to be played at least in the mid-70s, tempo-wise. We've talked about tempo is really the most important thing more so than anything when we're looking at totals here. Uh, college hoops, again, rolling along. We are only a few weeks from selection Sunday. Vinny Maliulo, by the way, will be with us in about a half hour. He might be helping out back there. Yes. He'll be helping out back there on selection Sunday, Alex White. Uh, I'll have to sneak you my numbers, too. Absolutely. I, I, I don't think they want me anywhere near that. <laughs> and I wouldn't really blame them. I don't that. know. You went a. Uh, I don't I think had you had day. a miss the other I, day. I, I had on a great Thursday. day on Thursday yeah. until until, uh, until 8 p.m. Pacific time. And then I couldn't see anything straight at that point. 
Pac-12. Uh, Pac-12, uh, Big West. That happens. But it was a, hey, hey, look, those are the type of starts on Thursday that you dream of. Yes. And don't lose 6-0 start. Never, yes. Never complain about that, uh, which means I'll be complaining in about an hour when Baylor's down 14 at halftime to Houston. Don't say that. We have too many of the same <laughs> side today. The same stuff today. Yeah, I know. Uh, on that. All right, we're going to take a break. When we get back, uh, more to come. We're going to go to Champaign. Illini looking to bounce back after their head-scratching loss to Penn State earlier in the week. We'll talk about that and much more when we get back. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. From the South Point Studio, the perfect blend of sports. But I think the Niners are going to wear them down. Detroit Pistons lost their 36 games. Comedy. See over-under on that relationship lasting. I'm going to put mayo in the coffee. Yes. I am beautiful. And a whole lot of Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. 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 Yeah. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Join Ryan McCormick. That's at least two picks outside of our own in the first round next year. Oreo. And host Frank Nicotero. <laughs> <laughs> I look at the clock, I go, ah! Ah! Oh! Watch Punchlines live at noon every weekday. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table, non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book, with over 400 seats, puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. Welcome back in Sports by the Book with an hour to go here on a Saturday. I'm Jeff Barles, Alex White alongside. Shout out to the crew as always, Caden, Sean, Drew Dog in the corner there doing great work as always. Vinny Maliul will be with us in a half hour. We're getting rolling at these 9 a.m. Pacific tips. Baylor and Houston, the primo primo game of the early window yes. here today in Waco, Texas as Houston tries to win a road game against a high-end team would be the first one against a top 25 caliber since BYU a little over a month ago. Uh, Mizzou and Arkansas in the full rivalry, even though it's more so a basketball rivalry than football rivalry. Penn State, Indiana getting going. Very weird that Penn State, Indiana is like, oh, Indiana is clearly the worst team in the two of them. This shows where Indiana's program is. And uh, making a screen, and here's Towson and Charleston. Can't believe go. it. Oh, I can. I can. You'd rather watch Notre Dame and the Notre Dame and Syracuse attempt to play basketball? No, that's okay up there in yeah, that corner. I, I, so. think, I think we're good on that one. All right. <laughs> Illinois. Let's start there. Illinois and Iowa. The, the, the Illini would just 
a baffling loss earlier in the week. They played Penn State in in the in the old all uh, multi-purpose center, basically. They're on campus in State College. They had a double-digit lead with 90 seconds to go, and they lose in regulation, Illinois does. 90 to 89, very perplexing result. Now they return home, and they'll take on the Hawkeyes of Iowa. <laughs> Ken Bob has this game as a projected 91-81, which I don't know if I've seen something like that. In a while, uh, even though we will have one game later that is similar. I've, you, Alex, you know how I bet. I very rarely lay favorites north of three possessions. I think this is a dynamite lay with the Illini today. This is just the classic get back home, play a team that plays no defense, a team that mat- you match up with pretty well. I think the Illini roll here. I think I'd, I'd up to 10. I would be willing to lay 10 in this spot with the Illini. I think they go ahead, roll the Hawkeyes here in this one. Yeah, you mentioned great bounce back spot here, but I think the number's just right. I'm not going to touch this game, but pretty crazy what you said with Ken Palm and their projection, how high scoring. Yeah, 172 on this game for Ken Palm, and the market's 167. Right. I mean, I, we know Iowa, they do like to play fast, and then we know, like you're saying, Illinois should uh, have their way offensively here. So I don't mind. Either one, I think both numbers are right, and I would lean to the favorite and the over here. Let's go to Cincinnati at TCU. This is a very important game for for Cincinnati. Very important game. These teams have already met once. A wild overtime game earlier in the year. Cincinnati Mm -hmm. got the miracle cover in that game when they were basically covering for none of the 45 minutes and then ended up covering at the end as a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. She's, the scene shifts to Fort Worth. It's up to five and a half. You and I both like the favorite here at four and a half. It's close at five and a half for me. It's close. I don't think I, I don't know if I love that. I don't know if I love it that much uh, at five and a half. I do think TCU does cover that five and a half, but if I, you're missing a point. I mean, that is, if there's key numbers in college hoops, it is that, is, it is that five and that six more so than anything else. I completely agree. I did lay the four and a half overnight. I do think TCU is the right side. They're averaging 83 and a half points at home, shooting 50% from the field. So that's very good. Since the averaging just thirty. Oh, I was going to look at the first half as well, because okay. that might be another angle that you could take with this line move. But since the averaging just 30.7 points in the first half on the road, TCU 40.3. So I think that might be another angle that you could take here with TCU, but I do definitely think the home team is the right side. It is a really important game for Cincinnati. Where you look at the bracketology, Mm -hmm. look at their resume. Cincinnati just doesn't have enough quality wins in the conference. Now, they have a great Q1 win at BYU. They have a great Q1 win at Texas Tech. Uh, TCU, I'm pretty sure, is Q1. I have to double-check that. Central Florida barely in Q1 with the road win, not the home win, but the road win. They have their opportunities here these next two games. The problem is the remaining home games are against K-State and West Virginia, who are two of the worst teams in the conference. Won't be Q1 wins. Road-wise, they're five and a half here. They're going to be double digits in Houston or next in the middle of the week next week. And then Oklahoma, they're going to be a dog. 
Got to find two of those. It's tough. And I don't know how they find two of those. Uh, and then look, you make a run in Kansas City? Sure. But as of right now, Lenardi has them as Team 75. So next four, but still not not there. Right. Still not where do you need to be if you're going to find a way into the NCAA tournament for the Bearcats. Uh, again, Wes Miller's done a good job, all things considered, with um, NCAA ineligibility issues, some all sorts of ridiculous stuff like that early on in the year. All right. One of the darlings of the SEC, South Carolina, on the road in Oxford today to take on Ole Miss, who the, the analytics have hated Ole Miss all year. And right now, I think Ole Miss is still in, even though they're underwater. Uh, Lenardi has them as team number 70. Uh, so just on the outside looking in, I think, I think they should be in, personally. This is a big game for them. South Carolina has played just played way over their heads during that stretch where they got themselves from not even in the NCAA tournament picture to, hey, they're going to get in. Uh, they've lost two in a row. We haven't seen them in a week since they lost that game to LSU at home. I think this is a great spot for Ole Miss. I, I, I think this is one of those where I think Ole Miss is better. I don't think South Carolina is really that good. I really don't. I think that was that win streak was an aberration. Just sometimes teams get hot, play way above their heads, and now the crash back to the planet has come. And look, South Carolina's got to be a little bit careful here because they can't go into the SEC tournament on a big losing streak. Right. Go fall back to 9-9 nine because nine, then you fall back into the bubble scenario, and I think they'd be out at a 9-9 nine nine team in conference play even with those great wins mixed in. But I just think there's a great spot for Ole Miss at home against a team that is coming in limping in. Uh, I, I like Ole Miss. And now, granted, they're only winning their last five came against Missouri, who, as we told you earlier, one of the two winless Power 5 plus Big East teams in conference play. I'm glad you brought all that up and about South Carolina and you thinking them being a little fraudulent here because I was curious. I do like Ole Miss, too, and the numbers say even to lay the points. I just went ahead and put them on the money line just to be safe okay. because looking at South Carolina, I mean, it was kind of to me like, have I not raised them high enough? But now we're seeing them come back down a little bit. But Ole Miss has been very good at home. Eight and two against the spread if you take out their four games to start the season where they were double-digit favorites and really had no business being that high of favorites. They won all four games but did not cover those. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. Pretty meaningful for both of these two in the SEC, but I definitely lean to uh, the Rebels here. Let's go to North Carolina. Keeping in the Carolinas. So Frank Nicotero texted Ryan McCormick and I last night. Asking why is North Carolina only two and a half in this game? Ryan McCormick quickly retorted with, hey, they haven't won in Charlottesville since 2012. Now, when I looked at this, there are no such things as trap lines. This one feels a little trappy. Because with the way Virginia just, again, North Carolina has dealt with, I think somehow, they, they even though they've, been, they've had great teams over the last decade plus, they will have the stupidity gene every once in a while where Virginia will just slow it down and North Carolina's brain breaks of playing a game so slow. And also, of course, makes it in there some high-end teams for Virginia, of course, as well. This is not a high-end Virginia team. This no. is, a, to me, a mediocre team that will find its way into the tournament because they had that great non-con. 
I know, I know that the square side's Virginia in this game, but I like the Tar Heels. I, I just think there's too much talent in the end. And if North Carolina can get to 60, that's all you need here. If you get to 60, if you're UNC, that should be good enough to cover this game. I just don't see Virginia scoring enough points uh, if Carolina gets to 60 if, in order to cover this game, even only getting two and a half. So, trap line on which side? Taking the points here with the home team? Oh, I think this is the classic, hey, the public's going to be all over North Carolina. Like, how okay. are they only two and a half against Virginia a- anywhere? I think that's that's how I look at it. I don't think there's a trap on Virginia's side. I think, if anything, this should have been a bigger number on the UNC. See, and I I was thinking the other way because I was like, two and a half with Virginia at home here, but I just don't trust them. And you kind of brought up all these points. But I do think there's going to be a point where North Carolina starts making their baskets again and their defense can hold them. I mean, their defense has been holding them in, but they just haven't been shooting great. So I like North Carolina here as well. I didn't do anything yet, but. <laughs> just totally distracted you there. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> uh, North Carolina, excuse me, Missouri and Arkansas has no points in the first four minutes of the game. We took that under, right? I didn't. Did no. you? <laughs> Mizzou, Mizzou did this the other night against Tennessee where it was, 4-2 with 12 minutes to go in the first half. So I mean, just uh, just making everything as ugly as humanly possible. By the way, Houston's off to a 6 nothing start where Baylor's turned it over four straight possessions. Quiet back there, peanut gallery. 6-0 um, uh, <laughs> uh, Houston uh, in front. Uh, their defense wrecking havoc early uh, against Baylor, which, hey, look, that that's what happens when you play the Cougs uh, as good of a, Only- uh, a defensive team. All right, uh, Texas Tech and Central Florida uh, up next. Oh, actually, I'll ask you real quick. Would you take 18 and a half with Air Force against New Mexico in the pit? No. No? Would you? No. I mean, it's going to be not. a slower-paced game. But... I wouldn't. I wouldn't, personally. <laughs> okay. I did. New Mexico winning that game 90 to 60 makes sense, even though it's a slow going to be. But New Mexico, New Mexico can do whatever the heck they want at home against a team that's overmatched in that. I really like New Mexico now. I. It's hard for me to say that as a Rebel, but... Of all the Mountain West teams, I'm hoping that they stay on top here. Awesome game on Thursday against Colorado State where that lead just yes back and forth, back and forth. A dent with the epic coast-to-coast at the end, bailing the Lobos out, winning that game by two in what was an awesome game where uh, hey, if you, the, I, we saw the, Vinny's favorite type of tweet where New Mexico is favored. And some regular national media was like, oh, the upset. No, not quite. Uh, New Mexico's favorite in that game. Uh, going to Texas Tech and Central Florida, I have no idea what to do with this game. Where this is a pick now. There's even some Central Florida one out there. I, I don't know. I've been kind of duped on Central Florida home games so far this year. We were taking the Knights and they haven't gotten there. I, I don't, I, I'm good, just going to pass here, even though this even though this goes against what I've been saying of take home teams as short favorites or, or, or so short dogs in the Big 12, but I can't do anything here. I, I agree, because I would lean more to t- Texas Tech, which kind of throws us off with the home team, but Tech did win the first game, 59-55 at home. Now they're going to UCF. I just think they're the much better team in this game, and correct me if I'm wrong, they're playing for a little bit here. They're um, fifth right now in Big 12. Yep. Uh, for Tech... So new format in the Big 12 tournament because it's 14 now. Because uh, that used to be the um, the, te- the 10 would play the 7 and the 8 would play the 9. Uh, let me just double check that format now because this is a brand new uh, 
brand, brand new format uh, in, in the Big 12 in Kansas City. Pretty sure just going that they'll have more games on day one. Oh, actually, no, it's a little different. So they're doing the SEC style, where 12 will play 13, 11 play 14 on Tuesday. So one through four get a bye to the quarters. So right. getting to the four seed is, it does have a little more importance than it did in the past, where it had no importance in the past, where four was just going to play five. Right. Exactly. So then you get pretty much a double buy there. So it is a big game for Tech, and I think they're the better team. But the line says pick them. Um, can't really disagree with that too much here. It's, yeah, it's a it's coin a, flip. It's a tough game. It's a tough handicap game uh, for, for certain on this one. All right. Big one. Southeastern Conference. Kentucky welcomes Alabama. 175 and a half on the total. Two and a half right now. Kentucky favored by. I am. I'm going to tell you, Alex, I'm pretty frightened by this. I love Kentucky in this game. Uh, I just, now, with Alabama, as we've talked about, when Alabama's making shots, you don't want to get out in front of them. Kentucky's defense has been much better recently, but they have sacrificed offense because of that. During this three-game stretch where their defense has been top 10 in the country, according to Torvik, they've been 90th in offense, which is a far cry from what they've been the whole year. Um, and they lost to LSU earlier in the week. Yeah, they beat Auburn. Great win at Auburn last Saturday. As you could have got over three dollars on the money line in that game. Uh, I, I, I just I, for me, I'm not buying Alabama fully. By the way, Ken Pump has this as 178 at uh, 90 to 88, <laughs> which is great. But I, again, Alabama, when you play like Alabama does, more so than with Kentucky is, and you're so reliant on the three point shot, right? If you have a bad shooting day, you lose. And it is still a pretty significant home court interrupt. Yes, it I, I is. Like, I like Kentucky. The market liked it, too. There were some early ones in this game, and they just got gobbled up immediately. It wouldn't be um, sports by the book if we didn't have one game that we were on opposite sides. So <laughs> I like Alabama here. I like okay. I like the two and a half points. I like the over, too. It's yeah. crazy, but that, that 175 and a half is too high. Let me ask you this, because sure. you're great in-game better. Yeah. Sometimes. No, you're you're very good. Um, is there any opportunity? Can we get a slow start, kind of like one of these, and then try and jump in, or are these two just gonna? So here's the one. The one concern I have with with the way that Alabama plays, it's usually all or nothing. That's what I thought. If they're not making their shots, it normally doesn't come. So, yeah, is there a theory on that? If the pace is just so outrageous, yes, of course. Uh, but I, I, it's a little bit harder than. Right, bit. so you're saying even right. if they aren't making their shots, don't assume that they're going to start making yeah, them and jump in. it's not as cut in. and dry as right. it would normally be in a big tempo game. Now, could this game end up with both teams in the 100s? Yes, yes. of course. <laughs> it very easily could end up in the 200s. Here. Uh, it wouldn't shock me at all. All right, uh, Bedlam on the, on the hoops side of things. Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Pokes, one and a half point favorites in this game, actually, against OU, 139 and a half to, to go on this one on the total. I had no idea what the heck to do with this game. No idea. This is one of those where I thought, all right, wrong team's favored, but it's gigantic rivalry. They're not going to play again for a while. Uh, I, I didn't do anything here, Alex. I'm curious on what you did here. I like Oklahoma in this game a lot. I think current form where they're kind of playing, Oklahoma State does make sense that they are the favorite. They've covered in five straight, but I just think the Sooners are the much better team here. They're still 36 overall on Kempom. Um, I've got them 50th offensive ranking and 16th defensive ranking. So I do think um, 
they could have been a small favorite in this one. I like Oklahoma outright. Yeah, these the, again, these short favorite Big 12 games are usually games I've, I've been on this year. Just these two today have been are very hard handicaps for me. It's part of the reason that they're stayoffs on this. All right, real quick in the 810, another one where the market has moved on me again. Uh, Loyola against George Mason. You like the under here. I like Loyola. I think there's a horrible spot for George Mason, who had their first win ever against a ranked team at home against Dayton earlier in the week. That's right. Um, I, I just think it's a horrendous spot going on the road for George Mason. I don't really even like the Ramblers this year, but even at four, loved it at three. But even at four, I think you're okay on laying it with Loyola here. Forgive me. I forgot about that upset. That is huge, and that does make a, a big difference in this one. I did um, go ahead and go under 137. I don't know where the market is right now, but Loyola 10-3 and three to the under at home, yeah, holding teams. Still. To an average of 61 points, George Mason George Mason averaging just 30 in the first half on the road. Loyola holding them to under 30 at 29. So I think uh, it's going to be a lower scoring game here going under 137. Going to Palo Alto. Stanford welcomes the Oregon State Beavers. Beavers in last place in the conference. This was one of those that almost made the list on taking with the dog. I just couldn't quite get there here, Alex, where, again, we'll get to the other Bay Area team against an, an Oregon team in a little bit, but I just couldn't quite get there, even though that feels pretty juicy. I don't know if Stanford should be double digits against anyone in conference play. I agree. That's a pretty big number here for Stanford. I went ahead and took the over here. I hope that doesn't... Uh bite me later because I that was my only loss on Thursday with the Pac-12 games I did pretty good but I had over in Oregon and Stanford over 50 and a half and that was on pace to go over the entire time came to a uh, stop there at the last two minutes but I think these two can get us there the Beavers are 17 and 9 to the over 7 and 4 to the over on the road Stanford 5 and 1 to the over in their last six games as the favorite I think that's a a big point there they are going to be controlling the tempo here and they do play pretty fast so i think uh we'll have more than uh 142 and a half in this one pittsburgh hosting virginia tech hello frank i like Pitt here in this game laying two and a half or three i we've talked about virginia tech just one of those teams that i did more talented than the results have dictated this year it just yeah they pounded virginia earlier in the week uh i just waste of the talent that team has had and for Pitt, wrong side of the bubble i they really are going to have to go on a little bit of a spurt they had a big opportunity earlier in the week and just got annihilated in winston-salem by wake forest uh but i like Pitt in this game i, I, th I thought this game should have came five actually alex i completely agree with you that is that's the whole thing right there i think Pitt. Pittsburgh should be a lot bigger favorite here than just three. I think you're getting a good number because of that result that we saw the other night, which I was on the wrong side there with the Panthers. But Virginia Tech just three and nine straight up and against the spread on the road this year, averaging just 77 and a half points. And Pitt, I was on the wrong side in the last game, but they are four and one straight up and ATS in their last five games. So they need this one, like you said, bubble team. And uh, I think they can cover that short number. All right, Alex, it's time for the game of the year. Georgetown at DePaul. 
See, Sean, Sean, all, already knew. Sean all over it before I even said it. The game of the year uh, there at Wintrust. Uh, these teams are combined 1-29 and 29 in Big East play. They are combined 11-41 and 41 overall. A lot of work for Ed Cooley. Uh, both of these teams defensively. Now, here's the deal, Alex. This is just one of these principal bets for me. Okay. I love this game over. Okay. The market has not agreed with me. The market's actually taken this down. And I understand DePaul's offense is pathetic. But we are talking about two sub-300 defensive teams here. And we're talking about a game where my whole theory is when you have two bottom feeders in a league playing each other, and I'm not talking like Big Ten bottom feeders where those teams are at least half decent, even though their records aren't that good. These teams are awful. <laughs> By any stretch, these teams are awful. Usually that means it's uh, uh, my, our, our good friend Wes Reynolds. Happy action, fun time. I'll use his phrase on that one. Um, that's what it's going to be. I don't think there's going to be any defense played in this game. I would not be shocked if this game's played in a 180. Even though Paul's offense is awful. I like this over. I'm stunned the market has taken this under overnight from 151 to 150. Well, it must be going both ways a little bit because I did see a 149 at some point. So Okay, must... still, they took, they took it to 149. I think that's wrong also. <laughs> no, I mean, I thought it was opening. Now we're no, moving I, I, up a little bit. No, we opened 151. Okay, then yeah. it went down and then a yeah. little bit back yeah. up here. But I'm with you. I, I mean, I made it 157 between these two. I didn't really know what to do. I didn't know if they were going to actually – look better against each other defensively and slow each other down <laughs> or if they were going to just um have fun time like you said so i'm i'm with you i lean to the over i think it should have been closer to 157 that's a happy action fun time to you alex action fun time <laughs> shout out our guy wes reynolds <laughs> on that uh coining that phrase all right uh auburn to georgia so this is uh, six and a half behind us. There's still some seven. There's even a seven and a half. What, what, what are you doing, Caesars? That's way off on the market number here on that. Uh, 151 and a half the total here. Uh, if you can get the seven, or especially if you can get the seven and a half, I would take the dogs here in this game. Uh, this is a big, bigger rivalry that kind of gets forgotten about. True. At least on the hardwood. Doesn't get forgotten about on the football field, as we know, Alex. Um. I'm not as high as Auburn, on Auburn as others are. They're very good. They're very good. They're fifth in Ken Palm. This does kind of feel like a, a it's a weird one for Auburn because the, we haven't seen them in a week. They lost the last time out. Kentucky handled them very easily in their own building, in Auburn's building yes. last Saturday. George is one of those teams that I think is better than they've shown in conference play. Uh, they finally broke the long losing streak with a win over Vandy earlier in the week. I, I think this game's tight. I think this game's tight. I'll take seven, seven and a half with the dogs here. Nothing for me here. I think that number is about right where it should be. I kind of also feared taking Georgia with Auburn coming off that loss to Kentucky. Bounce feels like a bounce back spot for them, but Georgia is at home, so I'm going to just stay away from this one. Uh, one Ivy League play real quick, even though I didn't listed on there before we're gonna take brown and cornell over uh 153 is still out there it's 153 and a half behind here get the better number we're gonna take that game over on brown and cornell at 153 cornell took over first place outright last night they beat yale by three nice little push if you got in late on that game uh for the yale side if you bet cornell early you won so if you did it right you did a good job on that 
uh, <clears throat> in the Ivy. But I do like that game over with Cornell and Brown, especially at that 153. This is one that the market's been fascinating on. I don't understand. Kansas hosting Texas. There was seven early last night. I like Kansas at seven. That was pretty good. Got all the way to nine. Now back to eight. A little more trepidation at eight for me. I think this is more stay off at eight. I would still lean the way of the favorite here. I know we're going to be opposite here. Uh, Kansas has the biggest home court in the country. I don't know. Actually, it's a point more than everywhere, a point and a half more than everywhere else. Number two, I should say, is a point and a half behind. It just shows how big of a home court that is. This is not the best of Kansas teams. We've talked about that all year. Uh, they have not played Texas yet this year. I just don't think the horns are that good. I don't think their analytic profile matches what they actually are. So I, I would lay, if anything, I would lay the eight with KU here. We got the seven last nights, even some six and a half early. Job well done. I still like the favorite, though, even not at the best of the numbers. Well, it sounds like the sports books don't think Texas is quite that good either. Because, oh, betters, uh, yeah. Yeah, and the betters because they moved it up here. But, I mean, even at seven, I, I thought that was way too many points to be giving Texas. Kansas is good at home. They're 13 and no straight up. And, I mean, they've been for years. But just six, six and one against the spread. I I think Texas can keep this close, especially – um with their uh, high-powered offense that they have. So I like Texas here getting that many points, even at Kansas. Looking at Oregon and Cal next. This is an interesting one as well that popped for me on Cal. Cal had to come from behind at halftime earlier in the week. They beat Oregon State in their building there in Berkeley. Uh, that That's actually one of the better coaching jobs that's not getting recognized in the country. By Mark Madsen, and I know that's weird to say about a team that's 12 and 15, but where Cal has been over the last almost decade at this point since that one NCAA tournament appearance that they had with Jalen Brown, where they lost to Hawaii in the first round, I think it was 2016, wow. I think. I have to double check that uh, now, but they've been nothing since they randomly got Jalen Brown to Berkeley. I. It's a heck of a coaching job. I, I mean, last year, they won three games. The year before that, they were 12 and 20. They won nine the year before that. I, I mean, their best year was the pandemic year at 14 and 18. So, yeah, I mean, it just hasn't been good uh, for Cal. I do like them today, actually. I, I think this is worth a little bit of a squeeze on the money line if you want to take that as opposed to taking the two. Oregon is, you know, Oregon is is just one of those teams where I don't think they're any good. Personally, I know they're 18 and eight. They're not even, they're not even in the next four out for Lenardi, which I think tells you all you really need to know about what this Ducks team is this year. Because if you told me before the year, Oregon's 10 games over 500 this late into the year, probably an eight seed, but well, just not, not, not as good as that record has showed out. Really in general, right? With the Pac-12, they're, it's a pretty down year. On the Pac-12's, look, they're definitely getting two. Definitely two. They're definitely getting two because they're getting Wazoo and they're getting Arizona. After that, the only other team in the bracket right now or in consideration for the bracket is Colorado. Right. That's it. So very, they look, the Mountain West could very easily end up with three times the bids very easily of the Pac-12 in the final year of the Pac-12. All right. Speaking of the Mountain West, Boise and Wyoming here. 
Alex, what are you doing here? Seven and a half right now, uh, Boise laying it in the elevation of Laramie. That's right. I'm going to go with the fact that Wyoming is a very tough place to play. I'm going to take the points here with the dog. Neither team has been great against the spread or have great trends. Boise just four and seven against the spread on the road. And honestly, Wyoming's looks very similar to that three, five and three against the spread at home. But I just don't have much faith in this Boise team going on the road and covering such a big number. So more of a play on the number here, but I'm taking it with the Cowboys. How about UNLV tonight? One point favorites or pick against Colorado State. Colorado State, of course, lost that wild game earlier in the week in yes. Pitt. Uh, UNLV got uh, exacted revenge earlier in the week as well. Uh, yes. What a weird, what a weird series of games with them in the Air Force this year where Air Force won in UNLV by 32 and UNLV won at Air Force by 29. Air Force also only scored 43 points in that game on Wednesday. I, look, I, Colorado State to me is clearly the better team here. I know, I get why this is a pick. Uh, this I did have Colorado State pop on mine, but I'm going to stay out of this when it's all said and done, Alex. Just very weird spot for both of these teams coming off of, again, the blowout by UNLV over Air Force and Colorado State just playing an epic on Thursday against New Mexico. Yeah, bad spot for both. It's kind of hard to handicap this one. I just want to bring up, we had Curtis Terry on the yes. show this week. Um color commentator for UNLV travels with them and everything. And it was right before the air force game. And he made a very good point. You have to be mentally ready to play air force as much as physically. And they will always be mentally ready. You have to keep that into consideration, but UNLV did their, did their job. They covered easily in that one. I'm surprised by how aggressive that the betters have been with UNLV to take them all the way to a one, one and a half point favorite in some spots. I do think that, this should be a pick or Colorado, maybe a one-point favorite even here. So I'm not going to do anything with it either. It's a big game for the Rebels. They do need this win. I mean, Mountain West is so close in the standing. So we'll see what happens in this one. Mountain West right now, six bids as of the moment, according to Lenardi. I think that's right. Uh, and, you know, it'll be interesting if somehow, again, I don't think, uh, outside of the top six, I think UNLV is the only one that could possibly bid steal right now in the tournament uh, at Thomas and Mac. Very in a few hard. Weeks. But uh, I think that's the only team that could possibly bid steal. I just don't see that happening. I wonder what that pricing will be when we get there on a conference tournament. Always love taking a few darts uh, throughout that conference play. All right, one more before we bring well, We Vinny. know they can beat New Mexico, <laughs> but beating the same team three times now in a year seems it's hard. Like it even tougher. It's hard, but sometimes matchups went out, Alex. Right. Uh, Villanova and UConn, before we bring Vinny in, Connecticut, 12-point favorites, 133-and-a-half. Alex, I think this is a smash spot for UConn. Coming off getting blasted in Middle America by Creighton uh, last week, uh, earlier in the week. I just think this is, is, even though it's a big number, I have a hard time passing this with UConn against Villanova. Okay, so you're laying it I would with the Huskies lumber, yes. at home. Nothing for me here. I mean, it, it. I think you're right. I think the spot here screams Connecticut, but I also think uh, the number's just right. So I'm going to stay away here. And I don't really know about this Villanova team yet. I haven't figured them out. I just don't think they're any good. <laughs> I think it's, I, they're another one where the analytic profile I don't think matches what they are. And 
Look, these Big East teams, I think, have been a little bit overrated, I think uh, especially so. in the uh, look. The top three are really good. UConn's the best team in the country. Creighton, I think, is a legitimate Final Four contender. I think Mark Kent's Mark. a little overrated, but they're clearly a top twenty team. But after that, and right now, Lenardi has Seton Hall, Providence, first uh, having to play in Dayton in the first four. Butler and Villanova, uh, team seventy two and seventy three, respectively. Um, I just don't see I don't see Villanova or Butler personally. Even a Butler had opportunities this week in Bloom uh, to really get themselves on the right side of the bubble. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we get back, Vinny Maliula will join us next, going through what we've seen from behind the counter, a few other games to get to, and much more. Sports by the book, South Point Studio. We have 11 amazing restaurants featuring a wide variety for every price range and appetite. South Point's Garden Buffet has something for everyone at unbeatable prices. Or if hunger strikes in the middle of the night, join us at Coronado Cafe. The American menu offers breakfast, lunch, or dinner 24 hours a day, plus a Chinese kitchen for authentic Chinese dishes from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. From steak and eggs to wonton soup, it's fast and friendly service 24-7. When you need a quick pick-me-up, you can find it at our state-of-the-art Starbucks just inside the main South Point entrance. Order ahead with the Starbucks app for easy mobile order pickups or enjoy your favorites in the relaxing dining area anytime, day or night. If you love Mexican food, Baja Miguel's has all of your south of the border favorites. There are dozens of classics to choose from, like fajitas, ceviche, chimichangas, tacos, and more. And for spirit lovers, Baja's colorful non-smoking tequila bar is right outside. Or maybe you're in the mood for seafood. Big Sur Oyster Bar has fresh seafood prepared right before your eyes. Savor freshly shucked oysters, crab legs jambalaya, shrimp and lobster, beers on tap, and a selection of fine wines are perfect to pair with your seafood favorite. Whether lunch or dinner, you'll love this fun atmosphere located just off the casino floor. Ready to shake things up? Step back in time and treat yourself to one of the oldest restaurant chains in the country. Steak and Shake, famous for original mouth-watering steak burgers and hand-dipped milkshakes in a variety of flavors. For some old-fashioned fun, try Steak and Shake. Welcome back in Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. Uh, it's never good when you hear "uh oh" from sh our guy Sean back there, but just have to wait. Just have to wait an extra few seconds to see us here on the desk. I'm Jeff Paros. Alex White is here as always. Vinny Maliulo has joined us. Did that "oh" have me have anything to do with my being here? Uh, no, <laughs> no. Come on, now. Uh, come on. Now. Just no, not at all. No, just relax. Take, take. Just have fun back there. Hi, Alex. Hi, Jeff. Hello, Vinny. You've been working a lot. A little bit. Well, I mean, of course, always back there, well, but on listen, here as well. Well, listen, you know, I'm just trying to pass the audition, see if uh, <laughs> see if I make the cut. <laughs> I think I think you've made the cut. Vinny. I'm just saying. I, I, th I think you know, you've I made it a few times. I just want to make sure that uh, I can contribute. <laughs> so I I just want to we talked about this a little bit, you, me, and Jimmy yesterday. Yeah. Because these, these monster cards on on the Saturday. Yes. Are obviously, again, hundred plus games. 
Mm-hmm. Like great scheduling by College Hoops to give us like nine tomorrow <laughs> uh, on a Sunday. Even though uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow I believe we have we have we have one big time one tomorrow. Uh, well, somewhat big time ish. Creighton St. John's is good. Um, yeah, I think when you look at what let's let's see what Creighton does after their their big, big win, win against Connecticut and then St. John's with the whole well Patino is very very Patino, Patino uh, with with with. <laughs> one of the weirder press conferences I've ever seen from a high major coach where sure as heck seemed like you which playing, press conference well the one the one on the one after the scene hall debacle yeah. where the, the the worst experience of my life after this year it's all that's always reassuring to say that uh even though again I still think Patino's one of the three best coaches going in college hoops uh hey uh regardless but on a day like this where <laughs> we talk about this and Jimmy brought it up yesterday you know people come in met these 9 a.m games right Hopefully they win a ticket or two. Mm-hmm. Go right back to the window, bet the 11 a.m. games. Yeah. Win a ticket or two. Come back and bet the 1 o'clock games and just keep it going on that two-hour Well, supply. so if you look at the, uh, uh, the the general public practice, right, it's let me let me bet a game at a time. Now, maybe tie in those 11s to the 1s, you know, maybe some multi-leg, uh, you know, some parlays and things like that. But for the most part, it's uh, let's see how we're doing on this first game and then, you know, roll into the next set of games and things like that. Um, compared to professional bettors who a couple of nights ago made their their prices, right? If you look at Alex, Alex making prices, let's say Thursday night, Friday morning, knowing that uh, we're going to put up the overnights on for today, yesterday, right? And getting a jump on 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 the early numbers, right? So a good exercise by professional bettors, uh, a good exercise by from our side of the counter where because here's the thing, otherwise you're sitting there at six o'clock, you know, seven o'clock on Saturday morning loading 140, 150 games. Put them up on Friday and give people an opportunity to uh, to, to bet on, on the overnights and uh, uh, and, and get a little uh, a little bit more handle and things like that. So I always enjoy this time of year, the Fridays, because to get that kind of action in advance is both, you know, it's, it's good business in, in a couple of ways, not just from the handle perspective, but basically uh, knowing and comparing your numbers to, 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 to pros out there. So it's a great exercise. And you got to be quick because uh, Kansas State plus two and a half at home was only up for how long? Jeff? Oh, I didn't even—I didn't even see it. You didn't? No. I didn't even see it. It was less that. than a blink. It was yeah. a wink. So I maybe that was just I, a projected I, opening. I line. thought you were lying to me when you said this you was did? two and a half this morning. Maybe it was um, <laughs> Kansas State. Like a projected uh, actually, open. BYU. We did open. Uh, I think we opened two. You yeah, opened we two, did open two yesterday afternoon, and. I think we were talking yesterday, Jeff. What did I make that game? Did yeah, you you and I differed on that because I yeah. made it. I made it BYU one, right? Um, and you, I think you said two. Actually, I think you said where you opened. It. I had it uh, right around two, one and a half to two. Yeah. So um, again, it it could come back. Otherwise, it's uh, you know, uh, you know, one sided. Uh, uh, one-sided action, which we, we don't necessarily... Uh, well, we had a limited two-way action on the desk today. We had a lot of agreement, which is uh, usually a telltale sign that something's off. But Jeff did talk me out of uh, the Razorbacks there, yeah, so think, that's give good. Give that one time, though, Alex. <laughs> he talked you out of the Razorbacks yeah. against Missouri? I was going to lay well, it four and a half, well, he, and then it was five and a half today. Wait a minute. So then it was you think he was going to go against Mizzou? Are you, cra- are you crazy? Of course very... you have to go against them this year, Vinny. Wow. It's them and DePaul. Oh, by the way, as we talk Wait about Wait a minute. I, I'm not so sure. No, them and DePaul are the only two Power 5 plus Big East without a conference win. Without a conference win. Yeah. yeah. 
But uh, this, no, well, again, the game of the as I said earlier, the game of the year in the Big East is today because Georgetown's playing DePaul. <laughs> well, it's With, uh, it it you know you, you look at these uh, you look at the conferences and there's some pretty some pretty strong differences between the upper half and the, oh, and the lower yes. the lower half. Um, not so much in the Big Twelve, but if you look at SEC maybe not as pronounced uh, as the Big East though. The Big East is just a there's a pretty significant drop off uh, from the top of the league to the uh, to the bottom. And <clears throat> I did hear you when I came in, and we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks now in terms of um, bids coming out and potential and, and you know potential bids and where there is uh, you know conference strength. And again, we do power rate teams but also rate conferences as well and i think when when you look at the uh, the difference this year between let's say the ACC uh the Big East the Pac-12 certainly i think a little bit in the SEC i don't think it's as pronounced as the other three conferences i mentioned and you compare it to to the Mountain West um i think you're going to see uh, a a pretty good representation from the Mountain West this year yeah. uh, compared to those uh, uh, traditional, uh, those power threes that I mentioned. You know? Yeah, I, look, I we were saying it before, and Mountain West right now projected at three times the amount of bids as the Pac-12. Yeah. I Double think, the amount of bids as the Big East yeah. at the moment. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's, so we've still got, what, three weeks, three uh, Selection Sunday's three weeks from tomorrow. I mean, the, um, the stretch drive of the of the conference play is going to be important. Um, there, you know, there are teams that have big games. You look at today, Wake Forest is an, an, an enormous game for them at home against Duke. Um, but you look at how they're going to play these these games out, and then of course, uh, conference tournament play is is going to be a, an important factor as well. Some of those upsets when they actually win yeah. the conference championship, and they aren't accounting for those teams, then yeah, mm -hmm. you start to see yeah. a lot of movement there. Yeah. It's fun. We're no, it's a great there. time of year, and and follow it now and again. Um, you you start to get an, an idea and a feel for teams, um, not only overall performance but depth. Um, you know, uh, you know, Kansas certainly a a top program. They need to get healthy. They don't have a, a whole lot of depth. Not a great perimeter team. I mean, the, you know, the majority of their points uh, come from you know inside the arc. You know, compared to a team like. I mean, you look at this Alabama-Kentucky uh, game today. It's uh, uh, you know one of the higher totals on the board, and uh, you know so there's look for style uh, styles of play as well. Well, there's a few. I mean, there's a few numbers with on Ken Palm that we just normally don't like see. Like one ninety to eighty eight is a projected final for that Kentucky-Alabama yeah. game. I, I, yeah, it, the, it, the Illinois game it was. 9181. Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. and which which by the way came 5 points higher than what the total currently is. Cer that game. Certainly not the Iowa football uh no, it's, team. <laughs> it is, it, we've had to, we've talked about this in the past. It is amazing that Iowa football can look like they do, which is barely college football at this point, especially on offense. And then Iowa basketball basically. Exactly. <laughs> track meet. That's it. Run. Defense. Run. Just run it. By um, the way, by the way Alex, good stay off with Notre Dame. 42-16 Syracuse at the Ooh. under four timeout.
Syracuse. Syracuse uh, played some good basketball. Uh, they, right now. I, yeah, I'll tell you, are. that's another aspect to uh, to take into account, right? Current form. It is. And um, how teams can sustain it. You say, well, just somebody peaking too early. No, I mean teams are still trying to to find, you know, the, uh, the, their exact. I don't know if it's identity, but maybe a rhythm. Again, let's go back to Kentucky for a second. You've got a Kentucky team that started the year playing really better defense than offense. Then they went to better offense than defense. Now, I think if Kentucky can find that that balance to where if they could play the defense they played against Auburn, right, and then, you know, get up tempo the way they do and make make their shots and we'll find out some some more today uh, uh as they go against this Alabama team they could be very dangerous but you know you could say well Vinny, you know both te- you know all teams are trying to find yeah but no some teams have that consistency in terms of you know uh, whether they're an up tempo uh, an offensive t- style of team and it's you know they're from the perimeter or they're just a grind out you know let's uh let's play really you know uh, lockdown defense and things like that. So Kentucky's got the ability to do both. The question is, does Kentucky have, you know, uh, are they going to put it together? And if they do, they'll be they'll be a very dangerous team in, in next month. It looks like Houston has it figured out. And yeah, together. I have Convincing to tell you. first half here, 36-22 over Baylor. In Baylor. And that's a, that's a great, uh, great point, Alex, because, uh, you know, when you look, by the way, um, that game held pretty steady. Uh, yeah, it didn't uh, two, move. Two and a half. Not yeah. a lot of. Not a. We we opened at two and a half uh, yesterday afternoon, and it's right there. So, um, I think that anybody who was questioning how Houston's transition to the Big Twelve, uh, you know, was going to be. I, I mean, it it it's been answered for quite some time oh, yeah. now. And and again, you go to the Big Twelve. Uh, I don't think it's it's going to be a surprise that they should lead. The conferences in terms of, of of bids for the for the NCAA tournament. Going to uh, the SEC real quick. We haven't touched on this game yet. A and M hammered Tennessee earlier in the year in College Station. Yeah, it's part of the reason they're still on the on the right side of the bubble, according to Lenardi. Uh, I, every time I watch them, I don't think A and M's really a tournament quality team. They have some win. They beat Kentucky at home as well. Yeah, uh, ten and a half. Market has bet the Vols in this game, Vinny. Was it as high as eleven with a total of one forty six here? Actually, we opened at eleven you yesterday, did open 11. and okay. they took the A and M. A and M, Jeff. To your point, uh, spot on. I, they're 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 a different team at home. That's uh, it's a tough environment. They 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 just they love to play at home. And again, college basketball, the home court advantage uh, is is significantly stronger than say the home court in in in, in the NBA. Um, so, um, but. This game here, I think we'll see Tennessee money as we get to it. This is a uh, this is a primetime game. It's a five o'clock Pacific start. Uh, I suspect that we'll see uh, uh, Tennessee money as we get closer to uh, to tip off. But again, A and M much better at home than uh, than on the road. I don't think that's really surprising. Most Peterson's team um, they get up they get up they just they play a different style. Of, you know, they play with just a lot more energy. Uh, in in their building, nothing for me here. I do think A and M is a little inconsistent here. Mm-hmm. I would like to take the double digits, but I don't trust them. So lean towards Tennessee. Um, just don't want to lay that much either. <laughs> Going to Newark, New Jersey next. On uh, some openers here, uh, other than here, Vinny, there were some fourth 
three and a half even early, early, early. It got gobbled up, and then you guys opened five. It hasn't moved since you guys opened it mm-hmm. uh, on this one with Seton Hall and yeah. Butler. Total 143. A very bubbly game here with these two. Yeah, it is. Uh, but I've got to tell you, you talk about current form. But Seton Hall, a dangerous team. You know, That's another thing you want to look at. Who's... Who's kind of playing, you know, uh, whether you want to call it sneaky good or, uh, you know, kind of under the radar and things. Uh, you know, I don't think Seton Hall is under the radar. In you know, if you if you look at teams, you know, in their in their conference, um, playing playing well and with, with some quality wins, uh, good discipline, good rotation, and so uh, you know, Seton Hall is one of those teams. I would suspect that when when you look at uh, Joe Lenardi, who does <clears throat> a consistent job. I mean, he's, I think he's constantly uh, looking at his uh, ratings and, and updating, um, you know, uh, the folks over at Ken Palm. And they, they're all, everybody's playing real close attention. Um, but, you know, Seton Hall's one of those teams that I think they're, they're bounced, they've bounced in and out of the field. Of, of 68, I would say right now they're probably in. And I haven't looked at uh, uh, Joe's. Uh, Seton Hall is currently, a, let me double check. I, I think haven't looked was, at it today. Seton uh, Hall, I think, is the last bracket was in the first four. Yeah, okay. So, um, which uh, they've they've earned it, uh, honestly. And uh, so I, th- I think, you know, it's probably going to come down to them, uh, a team like them, uh, um uh, Syracuse, you mentioned earlier, Jeff is is is, is playing that you know that way. Um, Alabama's kind of turning th- things around a little bit as well. I mean, I think he's probably got Alabama in. Oh, Alabama! Um, Alabama! Right, you know, Alabama's uh, gonna be a, Alabama's it, gonna be a, like th- a, a, a three. A three. Yeah, I'm just yeah, not yeah. not Alabama. I'm, um, Get them. Uh, I'm thinking who else from the uh, from the SEC would be uh, like a, 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 a bubble Ole, team. Ole Miss Mississippi, and- Mississippi's. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ole, Mississippi Ole, State. Right now, Ole Miss is currently out. He has them as Team 70, so just on the outside. They could, if, with a good week, they could be in the in the they, first four. They play South Carolina today. That yeah. was a game Great Alex. Game. That, was a, that was a game Alex Great and I game. talked about earlier. We agree. We both like the Rebs in that game at home as a mm-hmm. short favorite. Yeah. Um, Mississippi State right now a nine seed, according to Lenardi. Yeah. I really don't like that team. I don't think they're that good, but I get why they're in. Another they're team that's... Far mm-hmm. superior. Well, home. they're there. We haven't talked about that game yet. They're on the road in Baton Rouge today. They're a two point favorite on the road. Uh, I I didn't have it on my list, but I do kind of like the the. I know it's a weird spot for LSU, where they've beat South Carolina in Cola last weekend. Mm-hmm. Then they flip around and beat Kentucky earlier in the week in Baton Rouge. Hard to put together three straight games like that, but I do. I do lean to the Bayou Bengals. Current current form, another team. Uh, both of these two teams are are, are much better at home uh, than than on the road, and uh, they're in a rhythm right now. LSU, and it's a they're a, they're a dangerous a dangerous out for sure. You know, so um, I could see where even though we've we've held steady right now at uh, at two, uh, I think there'll be some support for the for the home squad here. Looking at that Butler scene, Hall Jeff, I did want to ask you: Is there a point where you take the points here with Butler? I it's already up to I, five. I, you're, clo- you're close to being at that point. I I like Seton Hall three when there were the threes mm-hmm. out there yesterday. Yeah, at five, not not chasing a bad number. I can tell you that. Um, I'd like to be getting six with but- Butler before pulling the trigger on that game. Well, or or just you know, kind of wait and maybe you know if you don't get it, uh, a pass. Uh, yeah. You've got a, a, a 
a great slate today um, or look, wait for the end game. But pay attention to the game, again, for the reasons that we're talking about as we get uh, you know, closer to uh, conference tournament play. Alex, are you uh, doing anything with Colorado and Utah tonight? Buff yeah. seven at home in Boulder? Nope. I think both those numbers, about seven-point favorite and that 150. Oh, moved up a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is 153. I think those are right. You know, speaking of the Pac-12 while we're uh, looking at it here, this Washington State team, yep. um, you know, they did take Arizona State here at home. They took the five and a half, but I, I think people are surprised when they look at the stand. This this team's in first place. First place. Yes. They've swept Arizona, and um, that's another team that I'm sure uh, Mr. Lenardi has. Uh, oh, they're has, safely in. They, they're at. safely in. They're and seven right I think now. It's, I think it's surprising to a lot of folks that, uh, that here we are um, with three weeks to go before Selection Sunday and, of course, the Pac-12 tournament here in Las Vegas that Washington State is, is atop the, uh, uh, the standing. He won't win it, but if I had a, a national coach of the year vote, I would vote for Kyle Smith. He I, should, I he, should he definitely he, be in the he, conversation, he Jeff, win. to your point. That's he a, won't that's win, a good, but that's a fair statement. I, if he would have my vote at the moment, uh, just because can't of, ignore it. I mean, I Wazoo was a projected bottom four team in the Pac-12, yeah. and here they are yeah. leading the league on February twenty-fourth. Everybody was uh, was talking about Arizona, uh, you know, kind of really running away with with the uh, with the conference. And again, a lot of talent there. But uh, Jeff, you've been saying it for a while. It's just that they get into, it, you know, that after the first month, which included a win at. Uh, at Cameron, um, I, I just there's something amiss there. I mean, they've been healthy, and you, you look at the. By the way, Washington State won that game the other night with one of their best players only scored five points. I think their yeah. their pivot their center. I think he scored five points in that game. Um, now Six. Arizona Arizona didn't didn't help themselves shooting what sixty maybe sixty five percent from the free throw line. So, but you you look at how Arizona has uh, the games that they've lost, particularly in a conference, you really have to question, um, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think they should be a, a, a number one seed. I know that um, some folks seem to think that they're going to be a, a number one seed, um, but I think somebody's going to surpass them. And when, when we get to uh, uh, three weeks from now, who do you think could surpass them? I think for the West, I think for the, for the number one seed. Yeah. I, you know, it's it's. We were having this discussion yesterday, yeah, actually, exactly. a little bit because North Carolina, to me, makes the most sense. Win the ACC regular season, win the ACC tournament. You could sneak mm-hmm. up there. Yeah, could. I don't think Kansas is gonna. I don't think Can- Kansas has to win out essentially to me to get to a one seed. They're not winning in Houston in the final weekend of the regular. Well, they season. have to start today, right? I, I yeah, guess, yeah. I, I think they'll tech. handle Tech. We. You know. Alex and I kind of somewhat disagreed on that one, but not really. Uh, I, just I don't think, think that number is crazy. Yeah, I don't think those <laughs> SEC teams are getting there. If, unless it's Auburn, if they run the table. Yeah, and, and Alabama, I think, would have a backdoor shot of it if they run the table with Alabama, a win today, including at Kentucky. Again, running, yeah. you know, getting to the uh, uh, get getting get to their at least their their conference title. Game. Yeah, I, I, it's North Carolina to me. I think that's the one that would make the most sense. But if 
I expect Arizona to win out at this point. I do. I think they're going to win out. I think they're going to win the Pac-12 tournament here in Vegas. I think if they get a third crack at Wazoo, they'll beat them. Right. Um, it just it right now we talked about this yesterday. Yeah. One, two, three, especially what's going on today with wow. Houston just really putting it on Baylor and yeah. Waco. Purdue, UConn, and Houston, barring just ridiculous collapses, they're getting one seeds. They're, they're going to be one, two, three in some I think order. they're going to hold four. Uh, yeah. It's just a matter of what the order is, one, two, three for them, and who gets the number one overall seed, which would get the weaker region in the final four as opposed to the national title. Yeah. Um, um, it'll be interesting Duke, to see. Duke, I guess between, maybe between Backdoor. Duke and North Carolina, possibly. Yeah. Uh, but Duke's got, you know, they're, by the way, they're they're playing really well, right now, yeah, I mean, Duke, I know Duke's that, a three seed right now. Yeah, they uh, they've they're playing now. This is a, a they're in a going against a really a desperate team right now too. And Wake Wake needs this. They needed, you know, because I don't think Wake is in right now personally. But uh, a win today would would at least get them in the conversation to uh, to make the tournament. Santa Clara Gonzaga, real quick, got to bring it up. Uh, Fourteen and a half. Of course, Santa Clara beat Gonzaga earlier in the year yes. in their building. Now this is in the Kennel final home game of the year for the Zags as well. They did lay this number. Yeah, so, I was going to say, uh, it's uh, hard to it's hard to justify taking yeah. the points with Santa Clara in this game. Yeah, I think, uh, I know, Jeff, you you made some money on Santa Clara yeah, earlier in the season. Yeah, I haven't been about three but, weeks now. <laughs> and, and you got off them, I think, at the right time here. But Gonzaga, again, not the same Gonzaga. Uh, certainly a, a, a lot of talent, but um, not the Gonzaga we've seen in recent years. And... Um, you know the transfer portal did not uh, did not uh, go their way. No, it did uh, not the way it did for some other teams. But um, they they are betting the, the Zags today. A lot better as of late and in conference play. Fair, I mean, really, yeah. I know it's just them and St. Mary's, but mm -hmm. they really have turned it around. I think um, Ken Palm might have them still a little bit too high, the Zags, but they have been a lot better. Nothing for me though, because you're right. It's hard to justify taking the points here with this revenge spot yeah. and Gonzaga at home. Yeah. One last one before we get out of here, and that's the Battle of L.A., which normally would get all this publicity, but it's kind of, not kind of, it is forgotten today. USC season has been a nightmare. Injuries mm -hmm. and, yes. and, and just underperformance, even with said injuries. UCLA, to their credit, has gotten a lot better after looking miserable for a good chunk of the year. Mm -hmm. They lost by one to Utah earlier in the week. Uh, the snap along winning streak. UCLA's five. I don't love laying points with this team, but I am going to lay it today with the Bruins against USC. Yeah, I, I could see. Uh, I think there'll be some support for uh, for UCLA in this game. Uh, again, this one, this is a a, a a late game here, so this is going to draw quite a bit. This is 7 o'clock Pacific, so there'll be quite a bit of action. There'll be a, a lot. And then certainly things, you know, uh, carryover going to it. You know, we talk about carryover on the primetime NFL games, right, uh, every week. Well, there's there's some certainly carryover uh, from today's action to the uh, to the later games here. So I think that uh, we haven't we haven't moved it yet off of the opener of five, but I suspect that it'll it'll go up. It'll be it'll go up more likely than come down. I like the under, and that's because I do lean towards the home team here and their tempo. They like to slow it mm -hmm. down. I think we're going to see a slower game. Their time of possession is 19 seconds, both offense and 18 on defense, 16 and 10 to the under UCLA is holding teams to an average of 61.8 at home. I think they're going to do that here with the Trojans. So I'm going under that 130. That's a great uh, uh, 
factor to look at, time of possession, uh, and uh, that, that that helps you. Look at this total compared to the uh, uh, to the Kentucky, to the Kentucky game. Yeah, just a just a, a wee bit. This is the first half total, which is a little, the one thirties make me a little nervous because it it's not hard to have a few extra um, fouls to yeah, kind late, of get over there. Yeah, you don't want to see uh, uh, you don't want to see real good free throw. Uh, uh, <laughs> Shooting in this game, Alex. No, you you don't. No, you don't. All right, that's all the time we have. We're back tomorrow, 8.30 in the morning. Yes. A few college games to get to. Maybe I'll even ask Alex about spring training baseball tomorrow. You want to do that? I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Are we there already? Yes, we are there. the first full day of spring training. We are there. Uh, The two of us have a grand total of zero bets on that. Don't ask us about that. We can't help you. Sorry. Uh, Take the Dodgers. Very good. Well, yeah, done. Well, well done. Well said. Even, even, even in spring training. All right. Vinny, thank you as always. Good to be with both of you. Good we job, will, crew. Good job by our crew as always. We'll see you again tomorrow, 8.30 in the morning. Sports by the Bucks.